That's right! We are back with another exciting episode of Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, where we review all things related to horror. Horror movies, horror TV shows, horror comic books, horror video games, and in today's episode... Horror documentaries from the early 1990s. That's right, we're traveling back in time to a time before, well, to a time before. Welcome back to our show and welcome. If this is the first time you're listening to us, we really appreciate you being here. If you're new, we have a very simple format around here, don't we? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. First, we talk about the things that uh, you liked about a film. Then you talk about the things that you don't like. And then you do like a plot review and commentary, but you don't do analysis because you always say you're not an expert. That is right. I am not an expert. I am not a demonologist. I am not a filmmaker. I just do this shit because I love it. Today's episode is, well, let me guess special that's right today's episode is very special actually oh very special why is it very special well you know i i like to mix things up like uh, i like horror movies and i like horror tv shows but i'm also interested in uh, you know that, like that the devil made me do a documentary which uh is essentially the basis for the movies for the conjuring or at least the devil made me do it so I also like to explore that side of, uh, you know, real events that happen in the real world, in real life, IRL. Are you trying to say IRL? You can just say IRL. Saying what? IRL? No, IRL. Like in real life, IRL. I don't don't know what you're saying. Are you saying Uh, No, I'm saying IRL. IRL. What is that so hard to understand? Wow, did you get that? Uh, I mean, all I hear is, uh, oh my God, I, I can't believe you guys don't understand. I have like the most perfect English accent in the history of English. It's R-R-L, R-R-L. Do you understand now? Well, yeah, I understand. Yeah, totally. Uh, and R-R-L. Is that right? Uh, I mean... Yeah, kind of. You just you just kind of have like a weird accent, but I guess that works. Thank you. Anyway, things that happen in the real world, IRL. Oh my God, you don't have to be so, I mean, like, that's right, but your accent is so weird. It's IRL. Okay, fine. IRL. Yeah, just like that. Just Just say it that way. Stop, stop talking with some weird accent. Okay, I'll stop talking with some weird accent. Thank you. Anyway, uh, this is a very interesting episode. And by the way, <laughs> full spoilers, this happened in 1991. At the very least, it was broadcasted in 1991 in the United States. You can find this on YouTube. I'll probably leave some link in the description of this episode as well, so you can go catch it. I think it's interesting and it's funny. Uh, I think you also have to remember how different the world was back in 1991, both negatively and it positive to the world in 1991. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll never feel like going backwards like, uh, will ever have any sort of positive effect. I think progress only comes from moving forward. Wow. Wow. Here you go. Oh. Thank you. Oh, you're earning a lot of those lately. But yeah, I agree. Progress only comes from moving forward, not looking backwards. But anyway, yeah, definitely a different country back in 91. And there's a lot of different instances of how this is represented in this uh, documentary. Um, But yeah, it was interesting. Certainly, uh, a little background. Why did I watch this? Uh, Because I watch so much of this horror shit that sometimes it just shows up in my feed. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's watch this shit. See how... Let's see what people thought was scary back in 1991. And obviously we have horror movies from the 90s, but, you know, they, they're hit and miss. Horror was definitely different back in 91. You could get away with uh, not having to explain things, which, as you know, I absolutely detest. Yeah, you kind of need to know everything about, like, you need an explanation about everything. And, uh, well, I don't want Johnson to you know, it's just a movie. We don't have to explain everything to you. You ch- 
It's just so that you be entertained. You know, I don't have to tell you how an aurora borealis just magically grants somebody's wish. It's just a movie. Well, listen. If you're the kind of audience that just likes a horror movie without an explanation, then by all means, I am not. I want to know why an aurora borealis or how an aurora borealis, a natural event that occurs on planet Earth, can grant somebody a wish. And I'm sorry that I don't drink the Kool-Aid when you don't even give me some shit explanation as to how that happens. It doesn't even have to be based in science. That's fucking explain to me how an aurora borealis can grant somebody's wish. And by the way, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's probably because you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. Go watch that movie and explain how that movie works to me, please. Or not, just listen to my review on It's a Wonderful Knife, which we've done already. Oh, Lord, you're really going to talk about that again. Well, I mean, it just happens to be the worst movie we've ever reviewed in this show. So, I mean, it's definitely something that uh, it's probably not going to die anytime soon. The fire is still alive in the old belly. Oh, Lord. Anyway, let's talk about this one. The documentary is called 2020 The Exorcism. And we're going to put on our 1991 goggles for this as we, uh, you know, I don't think we've done necessarily older movies, but I think we have to sort of, I don't want to say excuse things from 1991, but at the very least, I'm going to try to put myself in a situation where uh, where uh, where I can look at it from a 1991 perspective without excusing things, but with also pointing out things that are also incorrect. Because uh, there's a lot of shit that happens uh, in this episode that I think is incorrect, obviously, for uh, even for 1991. There's no excuse for some of the shit that happens, and, uh, and I'm not going to excuse it. Uh, I guess what I'm saying, I want to put myself in the perspective of an audience to see whether or not this is actually scary back in 91. That's it. Nothing that happens in society that is incorrect from 91, I won't excuse it, and we're definitely going to dissect it. And there's a couple of things that happen, by the way. Okay, so I've already done uh, the things I liked. Well, actually, no, I haven't. The things I liked is sponsored by no one. Not even the, the Like Button Association of America. No, the Like Button Association of America said they don't sponsor things that are uh, anything older than a couple of months. So This movie is uh, 32 years old. A movie, I'm sorry, this documentary. By the way, this is a documentary on 2020. Maybe I didn't explain this. 2020 is a television show that is actually still airing in the United States. If you're listening in the U.S., you know you know 2020. And you definitely know Barbara Walters. This is Barbara Walters for 2020. And you might also remember Hugh Downs. I'm Hugh Downs for 2020. Uh, good night. And I think John Muir or Muir coast that's now. Welcome, I'm John Muir for 2020. And tonight's show... Well, the show's still broadcasted. I don't know how long it's been in the air, but at the very least since 1991, because obviously this is from 91. So it is something that was shown to American audiences in 91 as a special televised news report in prime time. This is what American audiences saw. Okay. Well, now let's get into the perspective of the American audience. Now we're going to, you know, we don't, we're not, we don't have the internet uh you know we've never seen i mean we've seen the exorcist at this point so we've we, at least some of us who are interested into horror movies uh we have seen the exorcist many of us are not catholics many of us are christian many of us have other religions maybe have, maybe some of us don't have any religious affiliation so this is the first time we've seen on a news network an exorcism talked about we've heard about it maybe but we don't really know what they are okay so that's the kind of mind frame i want you to be in I mean, that's a very specific front mind for, yeah. But, you know, you just kind of have to look at it from that glass. The, the point here is to see whether or not this was scary to that audience, right? I'll just tell you right now, it wasn't scary to me in, you know, 2023 at all. I've, I'm too desensitized. I've seen, you know, when I was a kid, too many faces of death. Films. Uh, if you haven't seen those, don't go watch those. Uh, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, good. Don't research this. Please do not look <laughs> this up. Uh... Anyway, it turns out that those things were fake too, I think. Uh, but as a child, I would watch things uh, you know, like that Faces of the Death stuff. So maybe even then as a child, I would not have been desensitized if I'd seen this or afraid if I'd seen this. But anyway, point here is, is we're watching it from an audience who doesn't have as much access to horror as we do. They have access to horror in their, uh, you know, their local VHS. I mean, their... What's Blockbuster around in 91 already? 
Oh, oh man, I, I, I'm going to say it. Yeah, okay. They can go to the local Blockbuster or the local video shop and rent the old VHS or beta, beta tape and and watch, you know, some kind of horror, but probably very cheesy from the 1990s or 80s or older. No access to, like, amazing graphics and special effects like we do now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's the frame of mind that we need to be in. I'm ranting now. Oh, no, he's going on a tangent. Yes, I've gone on a tangent. So the things I liked, they play, obviously, typical of 1980s, 1990s, O Fortuna. Now, if you don't know what O Fortuna is, the soon, as soon as this plays, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Because an epic story of good versus evil will unfold in tonight's episode of 2020. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is the action figure. And now you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're a kid from the 90s, you know that that trailer means some good shit, or that song means some scary shit, or some good shit's happening. Some battle between good and evil. And they play it. So I'm hooked already. Good job. <laughs> uh, so I love that. Uh, I also loved the doctor's opinion. Yes, there is a psychiatrist that shows up in this movie. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, uh, his opinion. And uh, we'll reveal about his opinion a little later. I also find the voiceover works. Another thing I liked, the voiceover work in this documentary. Obviously, this is a primetime news special. The voiceover work is going to be top-notch. The reporters are going to be top-notch. It's, it's Barbara fucking Walters. What do you expect? That's right. It's Barbara fucking Walters. What do you expect? Uh, and then the fact that the rights of, uh, the rights of uh, exorcism are talked about, which is, again, not something that everybody knows about in 1991. It's something that not a lot of us might know in 2023, even if we're a you know, horror fan. Uh, but anyway, the rights of, sex, the rights of exorcism is, uh, I guess, a religious, what do you say, ceremony? Yeah, I believe you can say a sort of like uh, um, uh, religious uh, documentation that can be performed. Documentation? Well, I mean, the, the rites of exorcism is not necessarily documentation, but let's just say it's like a ceremony. How's that? Okay, it's a ceremony. Great. All right, so let's get into the things I didn't like. Father James Labar, and more on this guy. Well, I should say more on this little fucker later. All right, and I won't, I won't reveal it now, but it's, it's some interesting shit about this guy. Father A? Fa fucking A? Canadian A? Hey, I'm Canadian, eh? What a, what about what about eh? Eh? What what did you just say about Canadians, eh? Mexican, eh? Hey, wait, Yonda. Hey, wait, ven paga. What kind of a? Eh? There's this character. Well, character. I mean, these are real life people, by the way. These aren't characters. Just a character. These are these are actual human beings that existed in the New York archdiocese or the archdiocese in New York. Father James Lavar and Father A. Father A, why? I don't know. But he's this anonymous guy who we only see in like classic anonymous fashion where, where he's shown as a shadowy figure for some reason. Any reason why? I mean, I, I don't understand that either. This is like, a, that was a very interesting thing. Why he didn't want to reveal his face. Was he, what was he concealing anyway? I have no idea what he was concealing. So... There's this mysterious shadowy figure who happens to be a priest, which of course adds to the mystique in 1991, right? So at the very least, um, I didn't like the fact that they didn't reveal his name, but you know, I'll add him also to the things I liked in terms of adding mystique to the, to the documentary or the TV special. Okay, so I mentioned uh, the things I didn't like, the fathers, and there's a reason for that, and we'll talk about that later. But anyway, let's get into it, the story. And again, we begin the documentary or the news report, the special news report, with... This is Barbara Walters, and this is The Exorcism. For the very first time, an American audience has been let in by the Archdiocese of New York to experience what most of us have only seen from in movies like the 1973 film The Exorcist. And they began with O Fortuna. Have you seen this in the movie? But you don't really know what a real exorcism is like, right? And now they're showing us in the documentary, and Barbara Walters now turns it over to Hugh Downs. And Hugh Downs is also, you know, very dramatic. For the first time ever, the Catholic Church has allowed us 
2020 News to report on their procedures and practices of an exorcism. You may all be familiar with the 1973 film. Oh, they're familiar with it, Hugh. I just said it. Shut your mouth, Barbara. It's Hugh's time now. Fuck you, Hughes. And the music continues. And they talk about evil spreading. It's evil spreading. Some say that's the work of the devil. Drug consumption and pornography. Those are the handiwork of the devil, says the Catholic Church. There's a rise in exorcisms because of the devil. That's right, Barbara. And now they start showing some images of the devil. Oh, and it's creepy as fuck. Holy shit, can you imagine watching this shit in the 90s and it's fucking music starts to crescendo and there's images of Beelzebub. Some call him the devil. And some say the evil doesn't exist. And they keep showing images of this shit and it's like some creepy old drawings of the devil biting some child head off, taunting other people, and it's just, ah, graphic, and you know what? You're paying this music with this crescendoing song, with those images, and let me tell you, I was hooked. At the very least, right at the beginning, it was very interesting. So, so far, good job. Uh, anyway, um, we continue. And now we see shots of uh, Lamar Bell, I'm sorry, Jade Bell, who is, again, one of the fathers that, uh, that works at the New York or the Archdiocese of New York. And he's leading a mass. Oh, whatever they do, that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and then they sit him down for an interview. Now, the way that this guy's getting interviewed is like, uh, you know, it almost seems like this guy's on Carson. Now, you, know, you know Johnny Carson. And I think Carson was around in 91, right? He was still on the air. Uh, Johnny Carson, if you don't know, obviously, a very famous American news television news host. I'm sorry, not news host, but host of The Tonight Show. And so Johnny Carson, host of The Tonight Show. And with me is Ed McMahon. Ed? That's right, Johnny. I mean, I think I've already done a Johnny Carson impersonation before. That's right, Billy. Oh, Lord. Anyway, he's sitting down and this guy's like, you know, in one of the, it's seated on the church stall. I, I know there's a pew. Is it a pew? I think it's pew. And he's sitting down and they're asking him questions. And this guy's just like, the only thing that this guy is missing is a cigarette. I swear. He's just like cool and he's laid back and they're just asking him questions after they show him leading the mass. And then they ask him, so, Father Labar, why do you do this? And he's a New Yorker. Of course, I think he's uh, from Brooklyn, but... Uh, well, you know, it will exist, and, uh, you know, possession exists, and the devil exists, and, uh, you know, uh, these things are true facts, you know what I mean, and uh, we can't deny these kind of things, these are just uh, facts, like the Yankees are going to win the pennant this year, you know, and, uh, and possession is also possible, what do you want me to do, these are just facts, all right, there's a reason why the sacks, the Red Sox, are red, they're the work of the devil, now the Yankees, they're white and blue. They're very angelic. You understand? So then they introduce Father A, the shadowy figure I mentioned earlier. Now, apparently the father or the A stands for anonymous. So it wasn't either the Canadian A. What are you talking about, A? Oh, I'm sorry. What are you talking about, A? And it also wasn't the Mexican A. Get on that way, A. Well, neither one of those appears to be the, the actual A. It was actually the letter A, but not IRL. Oh, my God. You, you sound so weird with that weird accent. That's IRL. And then they hit us with a little more of this bad boy because, you know, it's just so good that fuck it. And then they start naming. They start naming. Yeah. The devil. Right? I mean, they, they definitely started to say uh, that he has many, many, many names. That's right. So the devil exists in many forms and factors, and it's always, always influencing, uh, you know, people to do bad. And it's got many names, according to people. The devil, oh, we call the devil Beelzebub. And Satan. 
Lucifer, el malo, Satanás, Lucifero, el diavolo, Capiroto, I'm sorry, Capiroto. And they continue with more crescendoing of Fortuna. And then they start to explain the rites of exorcism. When they're performed, when a person becomes possessed and the demon has taken over them. And they keep hitting us with that old Fortuna as they're talking about this. All right. And then they mention in a very dramatic fashion, Hugh Down says that a year ago or many years ago, mental health disorders were diagnosed as demonic possessions. And then somehow, the modern science showed us that those were medical problems. But fuck it! Some more Fortuna and more exorcism shit and sensationalizing this some bits. And right about now, if you're back in 91 and you're watching this shit, you're really feeling it now. And they continue. And then the exorcism from 1972 occurred and that film somehow, some way, increased the amount of exorcism or processions that were occurring in America. Why, why would that be? Um, and they continue. I'm going to stop dramatizing that, but wow. How weird. A movie about demonic possession from 1973 or 72, sorry. And somehow this thing that at one point was really big and then was, you know, thought of as an actual thing, the possession, somehow modern medicine advances to the point where we can say, well, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but that is not demonic possession. That is you simply having a mental health disorder. And we know that now. But before that, you had the Diablo. You had El Malo. You had a Satanás inside you. You had the Capiroto. Everything. It was fucking invading your mind and your body and you were possessed. That, that is the devil's handiwork. A modern medicine cannot explain this. No cranial trephination or bloodletting is going to help you. You need the rites of exorcism to be performed before it's too late. Before you start levitating. Before you start knowing things that you shouldn't know. And especially, especially if you start speaking in some weird non-American language. Because this is America. And in America, we speak American. Oh yeah, we're going to get into the things that... Uh that give you away uh, in terms of like you being possessed. Anyway, we continue. So again, there was a rise in exorcisms from 72 onward because of the movie. Uh, previously, it sort of died off because of modern medicine. Modern medicine killed the exorcism. I'm sorry, exorcisms. Too bad science progressed, huh? Uh, anyway, we go on, we continue. And now uh, we're now inside the St. Patrick's Cathedral Church. Uh, where they now they're talking about uh, oh, actually now the 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 cardinals cardinals John Paul Jones and Ringo Starr said this is a news event. So cardinals Jones and and Starr said the devil is a real thing, and exorcisms are necessary. And this happened in New York on March thirtieth of nineteen ninety. And I may have gotten the names of the cardinals incorrect, but uh, but maybe not. Anyway, then we move on to another scene of Lavara sitting down, almost smoking a cig, and he's just like. Hey, anybody got a light around here? Well, you got, you got any more questions for me? And now they're asking the bar how someone is screened before they are chosen for an exorcism, right? And, uh, you know, well, uh, well, we're first, we got to make sure that they ain't got no medical problems. Number one, that's the most important thing, all right? And then number two, they can't be, they can't be socks fans, all right? Because if they're socks fans, then, uh, you know, then that, they got some different problem. They got mental health issues, and I can't help with them. All right, so no Sox fans. All right. So no medical problems, no Sox fans, none of that stuff, okay? And then, uh, you know, me and uh, my father, A, over here, he was my partner. We go and uh, we go and go talk to the psychiatrist, all right? And we talk to him about the cases. And then we say, hey, tell me about this case and reveal all the medical history of these patients. Don't worry about the HIPAA violations, all right? You just go ahead and tell me everything. And, uh, you know, the church uh, will determine whether or not this is something worthy of uh, an exorcism, all right? But you're going to have to forget about all those crazy regulations with the HIPAA and all that shit, all right? That shit doesn't play around here with the Catholic fucking church. You know what I mean? 
So clearly that's not important because he says he talks to psychiatrists and somehow they reveal all this information. So maybe HIPAA violation, maybe not. I mean, it's the wild 1990s, right? Am I right? Am I right? Oh, oh God, you know, that sounds... Your accent is really tripping me out. I, like, I, you sound so weird. Such a weird accent. Anyway, so they don't have any medical problems. Good. And... Well, I guess you get to look at their medical records as well. So anyway, as Labor explains it. All right. All right. I'll tell you exactly how someone, I know how someone is possessed. All right. Number one, again, I got to say this again. I, I cannot stress this enough. It's a different problem if they're Sox fans. All right. If they're Sox fans, then, you know, they got other problems and I can't help them with that. All right. They got to go talk to whoever they can talk to. All right. I don't know who those animals talk to. All right. Anyway. I can tell that someone is possessed from all the exorcisms that I performed, all right? It's not these things that I've heard. It's these things that I've seen, all right? That they get great physical strength, all right? And I'm not talking about, like, you know, like your dark worker kind of strength and that kind of stuff. No, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about the slam, the Reggie White, Yogi Berra. All right, Mr. Yankee himself, old Lou DiMaggio, all right? That's the kind of strength I'm talking about. The, the strength to go deep, you know, the strength to go yard. That's the kind of strength I'm talking about. Now, if you're not a baseball fan, I'm talking about them hitting a home run, all right? They can also have the ability to levitate, you know, like Jesus, but in a bad way. All right, so they can fly, but not in a good way, and then they don't have wings like an angel, but they, uh, you know, they have the ability to levitate. That's how I know. I've seen this, all right? I've seen this. And then they can also speak some language that's not American, all right? So they can start talking to you in, like, I don't know, like some weird language, like, I don't know, some, something else. Does anybody else know some other language other than English? I mean, American? English is similar, right? English is similar to American. I think I've heard them speak, but they got some kind of funny accent. Oh. What do you mean, like, what do you mean, like a funny accent? I, I speak English. Yeah, like a funny accent, like that one. Oh, I think your accent's funny. Oh, you think my accent is funny, eh? Oh, I mean, it's actually not, not even funny. It's just sad and tragic. Oh, you're calling me sad and tragic now. Now we're going to have a problem, you know. All right, all right, all right. Anyway. Great physical strength, ability to levitate, and there's one more. Oh, that's right. It's clairvoyance. If they're clairvoyant, if they know things they shouldn't know, it's like, hey, how do you know that thing that you shouldn't know about that other thing that you shouldn't know from this one person who you don't even know? How do you know that thing? So clairvoyance. So ability to levitate, crazy strength, like a baseball player, and they can know things that they shouldn't know from people who they don't know, therefore they shouldn't know things. These are the three things that Father Labar on national television in the year 1991 said to like 30 million people, if not my mistake. That's how you know somebody is possessed. And then they go and introduce Gina, who is a 16-year-old girl, and in nowhere in this episode are we ever going to make fun of health. Uh, mental health issues for anybody. This is not what we do here. We can mock situations, but we're definitely not going to mock anybody f for having mental health issues. But this is very interesting because I think that this girl here, Gina, who happens to be the girl who is quote unquote possessed, or not I think, but according to the report, she had already seen a doctor for mental health issues, number one. And again, she's 16 years old. And if you've never met a teenager, uh, who is in the midst of uh, uh, learning and dealing with new emotions, then you pr probably haven't experienced uh, life. <laughs> uh, so I think that maybe Gina uh, herself, uh, you know, is a, is a normal, well, I mean, I shouldn't say normal, but it's definitely a teenager who's growing up and experiencing emotions that she's never experienced before with a sense of uh, strength and... Uh, and potency that she's never experienced before. But I also think that she may in fact have suffered from mental health issues. And I think we can continue to talk about that. Anyway, so she's now, this is the way that uh, they, they know that she's supposedly demonically possessed. Okay. So you hear strange voices who are spoken in the middle of the night. And this is her mother saying this. Not Gina. You know, Gina, uh, she has like, uh, you know, weird voices in the middle of the night. And it's like, hey, Gina, how you doing that? 
Why are you getting these voices for me? And then, uh, you know, she's got, uh, she's got visions of the dead, too. And, uh, you know, I know they're not dreams or nightmares, that they're visions. And, uh, you know, sometimes she has seizures and, uh, she vomits and she screams. And, you know, clearly it's not like a mental condition or anything like that. Clearly it's demonic in nature, you know? Her own mother has seen these things. Oh, and by the way, I, th I think she also levitated at one point, according to to her family member. Yeah, they did mention that she also levitated too. Okay, so so far, she has uh, she has exhibited one of the conditions for demonic possession, according to Lavar, which is levitation. So the great physical strength and the clairvoyance are not things that um, that she's exhibited yet. But anyway, she's just vomiting and screaming. Definitely sound like physical manifestations of what could potentially be a ordinary medical condition. But hey, what do I know? I am not a demonologist. So her mother, instead of taking her to the doctor, takes her to a psychotic healer. I'm sorry, to a uh, psychic healer, not psychotic healer. And Gina describes her experience there as being almost terrifying. Well, you know, there was the, uh, you know, that's like that, this psychotic killer. She had like a pair of scissors and she wanted me to stab with it. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing? I don't want to be stabbed with no scissors in my middle of my chest. That looks creepy. What is wrong with you? And apparently it wasn't helpful. Uh, and then it's revealed to us, as I mentioned already, that she had already been to a psychologist and she'd been there for two months. She had been diagnosed with a recurrent psychotic episode or with recurrent psychotic episodes with, you know, according to the doctors they're interviewing, her physician, uh, Dr. Warren Schlanger. And they had already diagnosed her with these things, but yet they continued with the, you know, with the possession stick for some reason. I don't understand it, but they continued. So then... Uh, the news reporter, and forgive me for remembering his name, but the news reporter asked Dr. Slanger, So, uh, do you believe, doctor, that, uh, that the devil exists and that they can possess people? And to nobody's surprise, Dr. Slanger is like, absolutely not. With the most confidence in science and his medical training and in to the best of his knowledge and understanding of the medications that he himself prescribed, can. Uh, based on science, right? I mean, you can only make, you can only make these assumptions with that kind of, I guess, confidence. And again, you're never 100% right in the scientific community. You can only say that you're confident with a degree of. And Dr. Slanger was definitely... Uh, implying that he was confident in his studies and in his practicing uh, in terms of diagnosing her with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, psychotic episodes. Now, frankly, I don't know what that is. And again, this is 1991. Our understanding of the mind has certainly evolved in 32 years. So what he knew then may have also been wrong. And maybe she was also misdiagnosed then, right? But who knows? Anyway, this is 91. We don't know this stuff yet. So then they interview Carol Zaza, who is a psychotherapist for the church. I have no idea what sort of credentials you need to have to be a psychotherapist for the church. It just says she's a psychotherapist. I don't know anything about her. I don't know, uh, you know, where she's practiced, where she studied, or how her faith, uh, you know, or how she can separate her faith from her former education and how that works. It's a really interesting relationship. But uh, she is the one that says, well, I let her say. Well, like, yeah, you know, I actually, you know, you know, I know Jaina, yeah, I've seen her, you know, she, I saw her, I saw her elevate, I saw her with my own two eyes, all right, I was there, I saw it, are you questioning me, eh, I'm a psychotherapist, eh? I love the Lord, Jesus Christ, but I saw this girl levitate with my own two eyes, eh, so she claims to have seen Gina levitate, uh, levitate, and then Father A, <laughs> had knowledge of things, she said, that she shouldn't have. So Father H comes in. Well, Gina had knowledge of things that she shouldn't have knowledge of. I don't know how she knows these things or where she could have learned these things from these people that she's never met. And therefore, the only logical assumption I can make is that 
Well, she's levitated, so that checks that box. And she has knowledge that she's never learned from someone that she's never met. That's box number two. And sometimes there's a little wiggle room. Maybe I don't need to see box number three. Maybe she, maybe she doesn't need to show me Lou Gehrig-like strength. Maybe she doesn't need to hit a home run, but I believe she's possessed. It is my belief. Not yours, it is mine. Two out of three is good enough for me. So, levitation, good, check, and knowledge you shouldn't have. Okay, well, that's two out of three now, but maybe, maybe she is, in fact, demonically possessed. So, it is determined, then, by the bishop that she is, in fact, worthy of an exorcism. Now, I remember old, old Billy Glatzer, and they told him that he couldn't get an exorcism because it took forever, or his brother was, like, complaining. And we, we reviewed The Devil Made Me Do It. And, by the way, if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly... Highly recommend you go watch that documentary, but first listen to our episode on that. It's, it is great. The main character, David Glasser, was supposedly possessed, and a lot of the stuff that is happening in that is uh, happening here. It was a little different, a little different, but uh, similarities indeed. So in that case, and this was a little early, that happened in 81, and it happened in a different part of the country. In that case... The Catholic Church did not approve of an exorcism. They approved of a minor exorcism. Remember that? Yeah, and then we debated uh, the differences between major and minor, but I don't think that we ever got to the bottom of it. That's right. And here, it wasn't even mentioned. Yes, it took uh, six months, but in fact, she was approved for an exorcism. We don't, we're not told what happened in those six months between the point at which they requested the exorcism and the point which it's granted. But we fast forward six months. So it's granted. And now the, the dream team. Ah, oh, that's right. The dream team of exorcists assembles in a room. Actually, I think this was more appropriate. <laughs> and now, after six long months, the Catholic Church had said, yes, you are worthy of an exorcism. And we're gonna perform one, but not before. The dream team of exorcists convened in a room where the exorcism is going to happen. You have to look out for things. This is not a game. This is very, very real. So don't get possessed, according to Father A. And we'll have a nurse here. We'll also have a Spanish translator, because that's another language I hear. And we'll have a doctor because, you know, science, I guess. And then we'll have another priest because sometimes demons are strong. And then the muscle of the group. These two elderly women are going to be here to hold her down. Just in case she gets Lou Gehrig's strength. And then everything will be fine. And then the priest must fast because they can be attacked or they may need to use the restroom and you know that's not good if you're performing an exorcism hey we can also be killed don't forget to say that i'm sorry labar father labar that's right father the you they can also be killed and it's also a very frightening experience for everybody involved this is not a walk in the park it's not going to see the yankees or anything like that this is scary right i want you to tell people and use that uh, you know use that scary song that they do in the movies, you know, when they to tell people that something is scary. I'm sorry, you're right. And they can be killed. And it's a frightening experience. And you gotta let them know that sometimes you just wanna run away because it's so scary. Alright. So sometimes they wanna run away because it's really scary. Yeah, there you go. Now the music crescendos and, uh, you know, maybe some scary pictures or something like that. That's right. Because you never know when the devil or one of his minions is going to show up. Maybe use like a, you know, a historically accurate name, like Beelzebub or something like that. That's right. You never know when or how Beelzebub will manifest himself. And now they're ready. And we're ready for part two. And now we see Hugh Downs. And in part two of this special, Everybody must be prepared for the unexpected. 
and we start part two. Yeah, this broke this down, I think, into three parts, right? Uh, I mean, I think 2020 broke it down into two parts. Okay, well, maybe they broke it down into three parts on YouTube. But anyway, the special was broken down into two parts. Why? Because, you know, it was too scary for 1991. You couldn't show them that much uh, in one sitting. So anyway, we move on to the next part. And now, everybody must be prepared. And again, they show Labar and he's chatting and, you know, he's again leaning on the side. This guy's like a, you know, he's like really basking in the bright lights of Hollywood at this point. And he's being asked and he looks actually, you know, it's one of those scenes where they don't really know what he's saying, but he's just leaning over the, the railing or something at probably a church, drinking a cool glass of water. And then he's got his immaculate father outfit on. And then they start talking about, uh, you know, uh, the church wants to see uh, who can help. Uh, you know, the church is essentially trying to see whether or not they can help, right? Okay. And then they, we move on to the next scene. And now we see one of the muscles of the group, a woman who had already seen Gina in her previous experience. And she mentioned that, uh, well, I'll let her explain. Well, you know, the last time Gina was here, you know, she was just, she was just grabbing like pillows and like, and being like, and she was just throwing the pillows at us. And I was like, whoa, Gina, hey, hold your horses. It's like, what are you? You're trying to be a right fielder for the Yankees or something? They don't let the teams play. You start letting, I, I tried out. They, they just didn't let me. You, so you can quit it with the, the, the throwing all the stuff. What ain't going to happen? Yeah, I, I saw a league of their own. It's fiction, all right? It ain't never going to happen. Let me tell you. And then Gina went and she grabbed the pillow and she kept twirling even though I told her she'd never make the Yankees and then she got even angry and then she grabbed like a painting and you know like I was watching the WWF she's like trying to hit me over the head with it and I was just like frightened by this experience she was such a horrible so I took down the pictures <laughs> I made smart move am I right oh and then the worst part was when her face got blotchy and red oh lord like completely normal human conditions under any other circumstances but certainly i mean demonic possession blotchy red face that's scary blotchy red face all blotchy red face because you're angry or something that you don't agree with something it's completely normal you know teenagers they get angry all the time but demonically possessed teenagers well you know that's a different story they grab pillows and paintings and you know well i mean maybe they also grab pillows and paintings normal teenagers too but but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So they're preparing the room. And then they got there. And they start praying. It's not that one. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we gather before you this group of people assembled for the benefit of young Gina here who is possessed by a demon. Our job here today is to perform an exorcism and liberate Gina from her demonic possessors. It sounds easy, but it's not easy. And I want every single person in this room to take this very, very seriously. The demon, or the devil, or his conspirators could try to take any one of you at any given moment. So I want every one of you in this room to look at the devil in the eyes or the demon or any of these co-conspirators and say, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, fuck you, demon. Fuck you to hell. And the priest continues to prepare everybody as they all get ready. But of course, they bring Gina in, and she doesn't know, because apparently, according to the priest, you want to take the devil by surprise. You don't want to let him know that he's going to get exercised. So she's walked in, and she has no idea what's happening, and she's just sitting down in a normal chair, a place that she's been to before, apparently, but again, she doesn't know anything. And then, Father A hands Gina a glass of holy water. We gotta give this girl a little holy water to see what it does anything. Let's just see we're gonna try to piss the demon off. <laughs> Alright, let's let's give it the water. 
and they give Gina holy water and she's drinking <sighs> what thanks father that I was really thirsty already thank you so much whoa what happened you're supposed to well, the, I'm just trying to piss off the devil nothing happened what the hell's wrong is that water really holy right who made this water holy so nothing happens after she drinks holy water I guess it's a good sign right Ah oh, man, at this point, ah, ah, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah, ah, but we're ninety-one. Don't forget, we're ninety-one. You're, you're nineteen ninety-one, Billy. Uh, I mean, ah, oh, I just don't know if there was even such a thing as artificial intelligent creatures in ninety-one. But okay. So she drinks a glass of water, and absolutely nothing happened. But that's okay. Father Ray is like. Well, you know, sometimes the devil, he, you know, he's the great pretender, all right? He may have just drank the water like it was no big deal, but hey, maybe he's hurting on the inside, you know what I mean? It's like we all heard a little bit when the Yankees lose the pennant, am I right? Like the cup, that, that last time they went up to Boston, and, you know, we had the game in the bag, and we brought the closer in, and he just gave up that run in the, in the bottom of the, uh, in the bottom, I'm sorry, in the top of the 10th. Oh, I'm sorry, the bottom of the ninth. All right, he gave up that run in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, and then we lost that game, and we lost the pen, and it was just like the worst, worst experience of my life. All right? So the devil's a great pretender is the point I'm making. You think you got it in the bag, but then you don't. And then something does happen. Oh. <laughs> no, you're just a lot. And then the reporter says that there is a low and unfamiliar growl coming from Gina. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's me, Zion. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Brown? Hey, Mr. Priest. I'm gonna eat your children. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're just making shut up. No, that's exactly what happened. The low growl. Oh, it's me, the demon. Gina says I have to go. Oh, I want to. Oh, you understand? Oh. And then Father Lavar is like, Hey, you know when I heard that creepy voice? I knew it was game time. It was like the World Series right then and there. And I was the starting pitcher for the Yank and I knew it. I knew it was game one and it was time to go. And it was fast and it was furious like my fastball. Ladies and gentlemen, Father LeVar and his fast fastball. Oh, wow. Yeah, the roar of the crowd. Yeah, thank you. Hey, all right. And she continues to scream and moan. Now Minga is talking. This is Minga. Fuck you, father. Minga. I'm Minga. And then just as soon as it started, the episode is over for some reason. And I guess uh, the devil goes on intermission for a little while. What? Yeah, I mean, that's how they described it. And they literally go to a scene where Gina is now being interviewed. And she describes... The entities that are possessing her. And we're back in. We're back into the shit show. Uh, yeah, all right, Minga. Uh, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's Father LeBar. All right. I got that good fastball, you know what I mean? <laughs> could have played ball. I could have been a contender. I, I could have been somebody. But now I'm just... Now I'm just a bum. I mean, a priest, a father. And uh, so anyway, tell me, little Jane, uh, who am I talking to? You got a demon that's possessing you, huh? Yeah, I... Oh. His name is... Uh, well, one of them, his name is Zion, and uh, the other one is... Uh, the other one is Minka. Oh, tell me about this Zion character. Where's he from, huh? Um, well, this Zion, the guy, yeah, well, he's, uh, he's African. Whoa, whoa. 
You mean like African from the now today Z just some African from the jungle or some shit like that? Oh yeah, he's he's definitely an African from the jungle. Whoa, yeah, that's that's definitely creepy now. Oh, we're really getting into real scary territory now. And tell me about Minga. What does she look like? Well, Minga is a, uh, Minga's a very, uh, I mean, she's a very short woman. Oh, short women. I've seen those. I've seen those short women. Is she, uh, by any particular chance, Asian? Or she's maybe one of the little Central Americans? You know, I heard that people are short. Never seen one, but I heard. I heard things. Yeah, it's scary like that. Oh, whoa, we're dealing with a real powerful demon. We got an African from the jungle, and then we got a little short woman named Minga. What are we going to do about it? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. There is an African from the jungle and a short woman who are terrifying this young girl. Ladies and gentlemen, the African from the jungle and the short woman. I mean, I think you uh, detect a little bit of uh, sarcasm about what she's describing. Well, he's leading her on, and she winds up saying that it's an African from the jungle or an African from today's age. What kind of fucking racist shit is that anyway? And, uh, you know, she's leading her on with this, on this path, and she doesn't flinch, right? Obviously, this is just how they thought in 91, and this is completely acceptable kind of behavior. Well, fuck that. And we continue, because that's, uh, <laughs> that's not the end of it. It gets worse. Uh, maybe not for, you know, actually, hopefully it gets better for Gina, but, uh, but the story gets worse. So then the exorcism actually begins. And uh, Father Ray is pressing a cross against Gina's forehead. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I, I forced this cross on your forehead. How do you like that? And Gina screams nonsense. And then the reporter says, and now they'll have to tie Gina's legs in arms because we don't want to risk levitation. And then Father chimes in. He's like, well, you know, we, we don't want to risk levitation. Because if she starts levitating, then we, we, we can't really touch her. Ooh, foreshadowing something crucial for later. So they tie her up. And she's tied up in this, you know, she's in restraints now on this chair. And Gina's, uh, you know, even though she's 16 years old, but she's taller than her mother. I don't know how, how tall her mother is. But Gina, this, Gina is of an intimidating... She needs an intimidating presence. So I can maybe understand why they, you know, they felt like they needed to tie her down for her own safety, not because of the risk of levitation, certainly, but she definitely uh, could have had the strength of, uh, of Lou Gehrig, if uh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I never saw anything near, anywhere near violent from her. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw a lot of restraint from, with her. What do you think? Well, I mean, if we're just talking about what we're seeing so far, it looks like she holds, like, what, what did they call back? They throw, throwing a punch, but uh, not throwing a punch? Hmm, yeah, I know what you're talking about, so. Throwing a punch, but not throwing a punch. So, like a WWF wrestler or something like that? Yeah, so it looks like she wants to hit the priest, but she's showing the straight and not actually hitting the priest. Oh, pulling a punch. That's the one, pulling a punch. Yeah, I saw that too. So it looks like, you know, she's... But as soon as she is about to, you know, anywhere near this priest's face, she, she never actually goes through with actually striking anybody. But whatever. Anyway. Apparently, she's switching personalities and control of the... I never heard any abilities from her to change her voices on in command. That, to me, it always sounded like Gina. But the ride somehow continues for hours. And we don't see this in the footage. We just catch up with them a little bit later. We catch up with them near the end, as a matter of fact. And now, Father is saying, Hey, you way as Zion. You are that African guy from the jungle, right? And Dominga, that little short woman who I assume is Central American or maybe Asian. I don't know. I heard things about the short women. You got to lave. You gotta leave little Gina. She's a good Catholic girl, all right? You gotta leave her in the name of the Father, the Lord, and the Holy Spirit. And no, I don't mean babe, and I don't mean the Majo, and I don't mean Garrick, all right? I mean the actual Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all right? You gotta leave this body, and you gotta leave it 
in the name of the Lord himself, Yogi Bear. Now I'm kidding. The name Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have, you got to reveal yourself to me. Who are you? You're a Red Sox fan, aren't you? Aren't you? I, I know it. That cross compels you to leave the body of this girl. And he presses the cross against the girl's fair head so hard. Incredibly hard. Yeah, Spirit, you gotta leave Gina. Leave her now. I got other things to do. The Yankees are gonna play. In the name of the Father, Holy Son, and the Father, you know, all that good stuff. And then it's over. Really? That's it? Well, you saw it, right? Oh, man, yeah, you're right. It was it. And then the exorcism is over. And then we catch up with uh, little Gina later that night, who, well, we don't catch up with her, but we know that the night of the exorcism, the girls still experience voices. And they call the father. They call Father LeVar again. And then Father LeVar is like, well, you know, you never know. Maybe, uh, maybe they had some visitors who were Red Sox fans, uh, you know, something worse. I don't know if it could be worse than Sox fans. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not American or something like that, eh? Maybe the non-American Sox fans, or maybe it's the little woman from Central America, or the African from the jungle. I don't know, but maybe something's going on here. So we're just gonna exercise the house here. We're gonna do a little thing with the thing in the name of the in the name of the babe, the little Gehrig. Oh, I, I'm sorry. In the name of the Father, the Lord, and the Holy Spirit. You know, the the Lord compels you, and you know, I gotta go. I got the game. I got the game. All right, I gotta go. All right. Well, you've been exercised. Congratulations. But it wasn't enough. <laughs> Oh, Lord, that gets worse. It gets worse for Gina. And unfortunately, I don't mean to make fun of her, but these, you know, these beliefs in the church and all this stuff, it's fun to poke fun at, but it's not fun with the real tragedy of this girl who may, in fact, have been experiencing psychotic events, right? And I don't sound like an ignorant person, because I am. I have no idea what that's like. But thankfully, someone, and I think her mother, decides that she's seen by the therapist. Thankfully. Oh, God. So the reporter says, I think it's Hugh Downs. And within a few days, little Gina was brought to the hospital for a more conventional approach to her mental health problems. Oh, Lord. Are you serious? That's exactly what he said, and you know that. You're absolutely right. He did say that, and I, I can't believe that all of that stuff was happening. So they take her in, and apparently her doctor's saying that she's still res- distorting reality, or she's still hearing voices, or she's still you know, acting out. But thankfully, gradually, she started responding to the medications that they were giving her. So they were giving her hel- a heliperidol. Yeah, it's a, a strong tranquilizer, according to the doctor. That's right. And then they go and interview Labar uh, about how whether or not he thinks that the medications, that now Gina seems to be behaving much, much better now that she's taken medications as opposed to being simply exercised. And then his response is like, well, you know, the medications uh, help her control the psychotic episodes and, well, you know, return her to normal mentally and to go to school and to help her function in an increasingly complex and changing society where we're all at different shapes, sizes, and colors and different beliefs. Sure, the drugs are helping her with, uh, you know, with, with the complexity of uh, adapting to situations like that, all right? But the exorcism is what helped her to be able to help herself with the medications. You know what I mean? Without the exorcism, then she wouldn't have been able to help herself. And the voices in her head are now gone. All right? So if it wasn't for the exorcism, she wouldn't have been able to accept the drugs and the treatment. You know what I mean, Capish? Are we done here? The Yanks are playing. I told you this. So, in fact, that's exactly what he said. I mean, not about the Yanks, but, uh, you know, the show. And then we move on to probably the most, uh, one of the most interesting things about this episode is the interview with Dr. Havar. And they only interview him for a couple of questions, right? Uh, Important questions. But the interviewer asked him, "Uh, Dr. Labar, do you believe in your expert medical opinion in terms of years of studying the human body, the human mind, and all the years that you spent your life dedicated to helping improve the mental and physical well-being of other people? Do you believe that exorcism in this case helped little Gina? And Dr. LeVar was very, very curt. And he said, well, I would doubt it. And then we go in and interview Gina. And that's when she says, 
how they're asking her about the experience. And she says, well, you know, I, I really wish, uh, you know, that, they, that the father wouldn't have uh, pushed that cross against my head so hard. Well, they were hurting her more than they were helping her with this nonsense. Can you believe that? Well, I meant to nobody's surprise, really. You're right. And well, certainly not to my surprise. But, you know, this is what American audiences were seeing in 91 and they were absorbing this as true and, you know, more propaganda than anything by the Catholic Church, unfortunately. But think of how this influenced people in those days. And these people, you know, America's not these people. We don't have access to the resources that we do. We don't have the ability to seek out information like we're taking Barbara Walters is word for it. You know, this is Barbara Walters, a respected journalist, and Hugh Downs, another respected jewelist, showing you these things. And in those days, when the news people read the news, it was the law. And this is what they're seeing. I mean, I, I still think that uh, many, many would think about news reporters in that way. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, the last thing we see, and I forgot to mention this earlier, was, uh, and, th and this is it. Uh, the Deveron James Kill, who is uh, an, a medical doctor, a, psych a psychiatrist as well, and he said something very interesting that I think could, in fact, be the case, right? Maybe, maybe not, but if you look at it from the perspective of this could be helpful, then he says that if people believe that an exorcism will help, that it could, in fact, help. I mean, there's some truth to that, right? It's the placebo effect. If you're taking a pill that you believe is uh, changing you, that the mind has a, you know, the mind is an incredible thing. The human mind is an incredible, uh, an incredible machine capable of uh, many incredible things. And maybe, in fact, the exorcism, I know we've spent the last hour mocking it, <laughs> but maybe, in fact, it does somehow help, uh, you know, but it helps a mental health disorder. It doesn't help exercise some demons, right? And now we're injecting more opinion than usual here. Uh, but anyway, that's how I saw it. And uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, certainly, if the little girl felt like the exorcism helped, then maybe it did help. The thing is that I don't think it f she felt like it helped, considering that they said that she went to the doctor the night of the exorcism. Or, you know, not the night of the exorcism. Her house was still being possessed, and they went and they did an exorcism on the house, and then she still wound up being treated for two months at the medical institution. So I don't think it actually helped her at all. Anyway, uh, here's what I mentioned to you about the very beginning of the story, how this story just got worse. So if, I mean, this is a news report from the 90s. Father James Labar winds up being implicated in sexual abuse allegations in the late 1960s and early 1970s of course this guy died in 2008 but you know i had a fucking feeling when i saw this guy and uh yeah it's uh, it's just something interesting this was of course not reported in in that report but i just wanted to find out you know a little more about the priest in my research and a little more about gina unfortunately not much of gina about gina is known or other people who appeared in this but yeah, interesting enough, Father Labar was implicated in a sexual abuse scandal. He wasn't cr found criminally liable or civilly, civil uh, liable for abuse, but he's mentioned in this uh, uh, this clergy, uh, well, in the list of Archdiocesan clergy, credibly, oh Lord, uh, help me Jesus, there's a demon inside me. In the 2019 Archdiocese of New York list of Incredibly accused people who may have or may not have abused uh, minors uh, and uh, you could file a claim against this guy so yeah oh lord we did a news report i guess uh we did a news report anyway what would i uh i don't know that i want to give this a rating considering you know the uh uh the uh the tragic true events of how this turned out to be but it is something interesting that i saw from uh you know uh, exorcism in the 1990s and i wanted to throw something we always say that we talk about all kinds of stuff in the show but we really don't talk about all kinds of stuff so here's one different one for and uh no rating considering this is a news report so if you enjoyed it thank you so much for being here i really appreciate you listening to us and uh maybe finding things out about exorcism and uh the catholic church that we would otherwise not have known so thank you for joining us follow us be our friends on the socials at Rick's Whore. Thank you for being here with another exciting and hopefully interesting episode of Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show. And we'll catch you next time, all right?